November 26th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 12 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, over on FanDuel this week for QB, what are you liking? We can't play Cam, I don't think. Uh, FanDuel priced him up to $8,000. He's like the second or third highest priced quarterback on the main slate. Um, There's Honestly, there's no standout quarterback play for me this week on FanDuel. If Mike Evans is a full go with the back issue, I think Tom Brady at $8,200 is a nice play if if he has, you know. Evans, Godwin, and Gronk, at least. You know, he gets a Colts defense that's been a pass funnel this season. They're second in football outsiders run defense, DVOA, but 20th against the pass. And they're 31st in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. If Evans is out, though, I don't think I'd want to pay up that much for Brady. In that case, I'd probably go down to Joe Burrow. Uh, 7100 bucks for Burrow seems like a, a decent price. He had um, 172 yards and three touchdowns against the Steelers in week three on just 18 pass attempts. You know, that was... That was, you know, back in September when Cincinnati was still going super run heavy. You know, Burrow should should throw it quite a bit more in the rematch. And the Steelers, just, you know, they haven't been a good pass defense. Football Outsiders has them 26th in pass D, and they're 21st in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. Yeah, FanDuel is clearly like, we're not going to let Cam Newton run things around here. Because last <laughs> week, too, his, his last week he came off the street and started, I guess he wasn't off the street because he, you know, played Taysom Hill the week before. But he came off the street for his first start of the season and was 7,500 in salary last week. That's the same as what Kirk Cousins costs this week. <laughs> as you mentioned, Newton's up to 8,000. So, I mean, you know, can he work out for you? Sure. But I'm also not <laughs> leaning that way for 8K in cash. I like the range of Joe Burrow, 7,100, Kirk Cousins, 7,500, Justin Herbert, 7,800. I don't expect any of those guys to kill me this week. And I think they all have similar upside. I guess probably Justin Herbert, leads the way in ceiling but like all of those players they're all relatively safe as i mentioned they've all displayed that upside throughout the season they all have attractive stacking options so as you said nothing jumps out to me immediately but that's the range of quarterbacks that i'm primarily considering especially because they're all 400 plus cheaper than tom brady and all 600 plus cheaper than jalen hurts yeah, man, I, I love Herbert. He'd worry me in cash a bit there just because we've seen him dud. Um, you know, he has three three duds this season. Um, but, I, but I love him in tournaments because he has the, the massive ceiling. Um, he has four games of 30-plus Fando points this season. So I'm definitely going to be playing Justin Herbert in tournaments. And, again, I'll, I like Carson Wentz here, $7,300. I, I, I just think um, it's, it's just been all, it's been, been all Jonathan Taylor the past couple of weeks. And I do think, you know, some of that production is going to start swinging back to the passing game. And this is definitely a good – week forward against, you know, a, a good Bucks run defense and the Colts are three point underdogs here. There's a chance they fall behind and, you know, Carson Wentz has to throw it 35 plus times here. Just the way that Carson Wentz has played lately. If Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a big game, I think that the Colts get dominated in this game. Wentz been that bad. 
Yeah, he has been. <laughs> he's been. Right, sub I, guess, I guess I believe you because it's Carson Wentz, but he's been sub 200 yards passing the past two weeks, including one against Jacksonville. I mean, some of it was against the Bills last week when they just didn't throw much. They had right. 20 pass attempts, but a, a bad one against Jacksonville a week before. And we talked about it before a couple weeks before that. He had a good fantasy line, but a bad outing against I think it was San Francisco. Yeah, he was bad in the Jags. Yeah, I'm looking now. He he is um, near the bottom in PFF passing grades over the past five weeks. So I'm playing for the bounce back, though. We've seen All right. I, I won't root against him because I still like Carson Wentz, but he's not going to be uh, somebody that I go to here. I am still mixing it up with Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert for all the reasons I mentioned for cash on the GPP side. I think they all have the upside to go along with the floor. I'm more considering Tom Brady here than I am on the cash side because the salary matters less than the ultimate ceiling. I do think Mike Evans status matters, but we can get a good Tom Brady game, even with Gronk and Chris Godwin as his primary weapon. So that won't, that won't sway me too much. Uh, looking at Mike Evans status heading into the weekend. I think I'm less likely to play Jalen hurts. If his ownership projection comes in close to what I would expect following a three rushing touchdown game last week, it's just, he, he's got a volatile profile and the rushing is always going to help but he's also not usually going to score multiple rushing touchdowns, certainly not going to score three. And there are going to be weeks where he doesn't score at all on the ground. And he's, he's also showed us recently the downside he has, if he doesn't happen to run for a touchdown. Right. I mean, we love the rushing production out of quarterbacks, but it's, it's scary to pay that much for a quarterback who we're projecting to throw like 20 times in that game against the giants Mm -hmm. running back for cash. What do you like? So um, AJ Dillon right now pops is our top dollars per point value at running back. And you know, that's assuming Aaron Jones does not play. Um, it sounds like Jones has a chance to return this week. So if that's the case, Dylan's out of consideration. But if Jones is out, I think 6,900 bucks for Dylan is a great p- price. He played 75% of the Packers offensive snaps last week, got 11 of the 15 running back carries and got six targets. Um, decent matchup here too against the Rams. They're 18th in adjusted points allowed to running back. So, you know, kind of a, a middling defense. And I- I'm just going to pay up for Christian McCaffrey here on FanDuel, um, even at $9,700. Part of it's because he's just super safe, you know, especially now that he's back in, in a full-time role. He played 90% of the Panthers snaps last week, but also because there's just no other standout running backs to me. There's some other decent options, but no one that like, you know, screams big time value to me. So I'm just going to plug in CMC and take his 20 points. Isn't he down from last week? Wasn't he 10 K on FanDuel in week was. 11? I, I think he was. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, even 9,700 bucks is like a relative savings for him, even though he's coming off a good game. So yeah, it's tough to not uh, get some Christian McCaffrey here. I agree on the Dylan stuff. I think Daryl Henderson's in play at 7,300. I don't think he's quite as attractive on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings for the relative pricing. I think Javante Williams at 5,700 is cash viable this week on Mm -hmm. FanDuel. He played his highest snap share of the season his last time out before the bye last week. And then the game before that had 17 carries in the win at Dallas, uh, six plus yards per rush in each of his past two games. You know, I mentioned on the DK show that the chargers are slight favorites and that's who I would bet if I had to pick, but I think that Denver is capable of winning this game. So I think they should be able to run the ball plenty, you know, barring the chargers just jumping out to a huge early lead. The Chargers defense remains dead last in rushing DVOA, and there's more space between them and the next worst run defense, the Jets, than there is between the Jets and number 30, the Giants. So great spot for Javante Williams. Only the Seahawks have faced more running back carries per game than the Chargers so far. Yeah, I have Javante down here as a tournament target, but I'm with you. I do think he's a cash option at that price tag. Kind of the same deal for me with Miles Sanders at $6,100. I think he's probably better 
in tournaments. But I mean, I, I do think he's a pretty safe bet for 15 plus carries on Sunday. Um, you know, Philly's been super run heavy offense for the past, you know, four or five weeks now. The Giants are a bad run defense. You know, Philly shouldn't fall behind in this game. They should be playing with a lead, so they should be able to run the ball. Um, and and no Jordan Howard for Philly. So you know, now it's down to Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. We'll see if Kenneth Gainwell does anything, but I think it's going to be Sanders and Scott divvying up most of the carries. Yeah, I would lean Williams between them because I think he has a better shot at finding the end zone without Jalen Hurts to get in the way. But I definitely agree that Miles Sanders is in consideration here. Yep. I like Elijah Mitchell as a primary target. He seems like he's trending toward playing. We'll watch to make sure that that's the case. We're doing this Friday morning, so I apologize if he is not an option by the time you listen to this. But if he's not, then Jeff Wilson Jr. is. So $6,800, probably not quite cheap enough to make Elijah Mitchell, uh, you know, a hugely owned running back this week, especially coming off a game missed and especially coming off a game where Jeff Wilson got 19 carries. But the last time we saw Mitchell on the field, he carried 27 times versus 10 for Wilson. So I expect that he would take the backfield back over. The Vikings are 27th in run defense DVOA, eighth against the pass. So it's a run favoring defensive matchup. And those Vikings lost ha, have lost Everson Griffin for at least this week. Got some mental health stuff going on that's going to keep him out of this game. That only further weakens an already shaky D-line group for Minnesota. So I think it's a good spot for Eli Mitchell in an offense that wants to run the ball anyway. And only helping that the Niners are three and a half point favorites in this game. Mitchell's played in four of San Francisco's five victories to this point. He has logged at least 17 carries in each of those games and gone for 90 plus rushing yards in three of the four. Yeah, I like that call. I do expect Mitchell to be back as the clear leader in that backfield once he's over the finger issue. You know, Jeff Wilson just wasn't very effective in that game against Jacksonville last week. Um I like the other side of that game too, Delvin Cook. I'm curious to see the ownership on him, but 8100 bucks seems pretty cheap for a back of his caliber and a guy who's been getting workhorse usage. Cook has 20-plus opportunities in all seven of his healthy games this season, and he has 25-plus opportunities in five of those seven games. So he, he's been getting all the volume. He's gotten kind of unlucky in the touchdown department so far this season. It's kind of underachieved there, but you know that, that could easily flip. Um, he could score two or three times this week. So I, um, you know, if Cook's not going to be chalky, at $8,100, I, I like him quite a bit for tourneys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. And even though San Francisco plays the run better than the pass, it's not a scary run defense, Where especially for a player like Dalvin Cook. I'm also curious to see what the ownership projection is on Jonathan Taylor, because last week we got him down in the single digits, and then, of course, he destroyed that Buffalo matchup. So if he's in the single digits again, it's definitely worth playing some Jonathan Taylor against anybody at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy we didn't highlighter think about Jonathan Taylor as a tournament playoffs league it was really a perfect situation I mean we saw we saw Buffalo give up the big game to Derrick Henry a few weeks earlier so you know they've been susceptible to those stud backs I cashed a tournament team last week for basically only the reason that I played Jonathan Taylor (laughs) yeah I don't think it was possible to to not cash if you had JT last week that's right wide receiver for cash what are you playing on FanDuel this week so Devonta Adams again, I think for the third or fourth straight week, popped as our top dollars per point value at wide receiver. You know, hopefully you played him last week. If you played him in cash last week, I'm sure you won. Um, so I, I think going back to him again makes sense. Um, down a bit further, I think Chris Godwin at $7,600, especially if Mike Evans is out. Um, you know, Godwin's going to be such a good volume bet for that price tag. Even if Godwin plays, I mean, I'm sorry, even if Evans plays, um, Godwin's averaged 9.3 targets per game over the last four weeks without. Antonio Brown, I think, you know, that's kind of what you'd project for him this week if Evans is in. Um, And then Keenan Allen down a bit farther at $7,000. Keenan Allen in in four games since 
the Chargers by. His targets have gone 11, 13, 11, 13. He's averaging 8.8 catches and 98 yards per game over that four-game stretch. So, you know, early on it was kind of uh, Allen and Mike Williams 1A, 1B. We've kind of gone back now to Allen as the clear focal point of that passing game. Yeah, and if you look at the pricing, it seems like his pricing is, matches up with his production or um, even is a little bit ahead of his production. He's just he's tied for 10th in wide receiver pricing on this main slate, 12th mm-hmm. in points per game at the position, but he's had four straight games over his season scoring average and only one touchdown in that span. So it hasn't yeah. been a luck-driven you know, scoring spike lately. It's been the workload spike that you just mentioned, three straight games of eight-plus catches and 98-plus yards. So yeah, I like Keenan Allen at 7,000 as a, you know, a foundation player in cash lineups this week. I also like Deontay Johnson at 7,100 Cincinnati's 19th in pass defense DVOA. I think Cincinnati is likely to play with the lead in this game and motivate Pittsburgh passing volume. Bengals are four point favorites in this one uh, Pittsburgh attempted 58 passes in the first meeting against Cincinnati this year. So we know it's possible to get high volume and Deontay Johnson's just done really well on target volume lately, including 13 targets each of the past two weeks. So 7,100 is pretty good price for him. Yep. Can never go wrong with Deontay with that target volume. I think down in the 6K range, some guys to consider. T. Higgins, 6,200. Devontae Smith, 6,400. DJ Moore, 6,700. I think QB, still a question mark, but Cam Newton looked more competent last week than what we've gotten for a while with Carolina. Plus, DJ Moore got 26% target share in that game, that first start for Cam Newton. He got his highest catch rate since week five. Now gets the Dolphins, who are the second friendliest wide receiver matchup by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Yes, I had more down here as a tournament play. Um, you know, I think he's not going to get back to the level of volume we saw early this season because you know the Panthers early on were going super pass heavy. But I do think he could get back to the type of efficiency he was posting early on when Sam Darnold was actually playing well. And you mentioned this matchup against Miami, so I think um, good time to get back on DJ Moore right now. Mm-hmm. Tournament side, uh, do you have anything else beyond DJ Moore? Uh, Michael Pittman here, you know, as the stack with Carson Wentz. You know, his volume has been down lately just because the Colts haven't been throwing it much, but Pittman still has a 22 and percent target share on the season, actually up a bit to 23% over the last four games. So he's still the clear number one wide receiver here. So, you know, if Wentz needs to throw it 35 plus times in this game, um, you know, Pittman should be the guy who benefits most. I highlighted Adam Thielen on the DraftKings show. I think on FanDuel, I like paying up for Justin Jefferson at 8,100 versus Thielen at 7,200. Both guys are in play. And in a cousin, a cousin's lineup, I would play both of those wideouts rather than going to Tyler Conklin or anybody else. It's been the Niners matchup hasn't been great for tight ends this year. So I'd rather play both Jefferson and Thielen here. Um, Jefferson has a six target lead over Adam Thielen for the season. Thielen still leads by two touchdowns. So, you know, again, both guys are in play, but Jefferson has been the higher ceiling guy lately. Uh, and then Brandon Cooks, Jared, you mentioned him on the DK show, but at 6,500 here, he'd be kind of an easy player to lose sight of. Just mm-hmm. three targets, two catches last week, but four straight games before that with five plus receptions. That included Tarod Taylor's week nine return against Miami, 14 targets for Brandon Cooks in that game. So, you know, still a focal, focal point for that offense and an offense that I think we expect to have to throw the ball a lot more most weeks than they did last week. Hopefully, right? I mean, that, I guess that's the, the concern here is the Jets offense doesn't show up and Houston is able to, you know, pound Rex Burka into the line 18 times again. But yeah, I, I, I like Cooks as a tournament play in this matchup and with the volume that we can project him for. Yeah, and that concern, I think, is what would keep me from playing Brandon Cooks on the cash side. I would prefer those other 6K guys over Brandon Cooks. Yep, agreed. Tight end for cash, what are you playing? 
Uh, I'm going to go to Dan Arnold, you know, coming off a goose egg, but I'm just, I'm not, not too worried about it. Um, he, he had averaged 7.6 targets over his previous five games. Now you have Jamal Agnew out of the picture. Agnew had been averaging 6.3 targets per game. <clears throat> a lot of that short stuff, you know, that Arnold should kind of pick up. Uh, so 5,100 bucks for Dan Arnold, good matchup against Atlanta. I think he makes sense in cash, you know, despite last week's goose egg. Yeah, I, I can't argue against Dan Arnold. I prefer Pat Fryermuth at 5,300 as a starting point in that similar range. Seven plus targets in five straight games for him now. Four plus catches in each of those games. Four touchdowns over that span. I, I think that's probably an area. There's always luck involved in that, but I think that's an area he's probably going to carry more upside than Dan Arnold going mm-hmm. forward. Cincinnati, just 22nd in tight end coverage DVOA on the season. Eric Ebron might be done for the season. We'll see. At the very least, he's out for now with a knee injury. And the Steelers have been good in passing volume. Fifth in pass attempts for the season, 14th in yards. Jaguars 14th and 24th, respectively, in those categories. Pittsburgh, as I mentioned, attempted 58 passes in the first meeting with Cincinnati. I could certainly see – I wouldn't bet on 58 again, but I could certainly see 40-plus in another game that I think Cincinnati should be the better team. Yeah, I think Frymuth is definitely a better touchdown bat than Dan Arnold. I'd probably still give the target projection edge to Arnold slightly, but it's it's close enough. I, th- I think the Fryer is a, a good play in cash and a good play in tournaments. GPP side, what do you like? So Rob Gronkowski on FanDuel is actually priced up. He's $6,500, so he's not nearly as big a value on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings. I think that makes him a better tournament play on FanDuel. I think his ownership should be much lower than it's going to be on DraftKings. Uh, you know, Gronk's just been productive and he's been busy from a target standpoint when he's been healthy this season Gronk is fourth among tight ends and expected fantasy points per game so he's been getting you know elite usage for the position and now he gets the Colts who are dead last in adjusted points allowed to tight ends yeah this is one spot where I'll let the ownership projections kind of drive me a little bit I'm not gonna you know be a slave to it but I'll, I'll look at it because there there aren't there's no single player or two that stand out above everybody else. Kyle Pitts, I think, is attractive in that same range as Rob Gronkowski gets a, a similarly good matchup. Jacksonville's 30th in tight end coverage DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. Um, so I like the upside on Pitts. I like the upside on Rob Gronkowski, whose matchup we've already talked about. Uh, I like Pat Fryermuth in the mix here for the reasons we just mentioned. I'm not as high on taking a shot with Evan Ingram as I am on DK because he doesn't offer quite the salary savings versus these Mm -hmm. other players as he does on DraftKings this week. And I think the touchdown luck is more important for FanDuel than it is on DraftKings. And that's the area where I'm not going to bet on a rebound until I have a reason to do so. Yeah, I agree. Ingram, definitely a better play on DraftKings. Um, I I like the Pitts call. I like the Friday move call. I'm going to play Tyler Higby again too here. 5,400 bucks. Um, 96% 96% of their outs in the Rams last game, you know, the first one without Robert Woods. I really think Higby's going to stay up near there the rest of the season. And he gets the Packers on Sunday, Green Bay, 25th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends and 26th in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings. Yeah, I need to just start saying, Jared, who are you playing besides Tyler Higby at tight end this week? That works. On defense, I, I'm going to start with the Bengals at 3,300 bucks. They're decent in DVOA, 15th overall, 20th in weighted DVOA. So I haven't been as good lately, but their best DVOA performance of the season came in week three against Pittsburgh. So we know that that possibility is there. We've seen the Steelers struggle at times. The two worst performances came against the Jets and Browns within the past three games. So there's definitely downside risk to the Bengals here, but that's at least baked into the price. They did have a rebound against Vegas last week. 
the Bengals top our FanDuel dollars per point. And I'm, I'm good with them as my starting point on defense. Yes, the Bengals would be my cash play on defense at that price tag. Tournaments, I do think going up 100 bucks to the Dolphins at $3,400 makes some sense. You know, again, four tournaments. You you need Miami to jump out to a lead on Carolina. Otherwise, you're, you're you know just going to get 35 carries between Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton. But if Miami does jump out to a lead and Newton has to you know drop back 30-plus times, there's some upside here. You know, Miami is a you know, blitzing defense. They're pretty opportunistic when it comes to takeaways. They have... Miami has recent games of 17 and 18 Fando points. So they have been a high upside defense really dating back for the past couple seasons now. So I do think in tournaments, um, I expect Miami to be low owned because I think people are going to go to the Bengals down there. Yeah. I think the chargers at 3,400 are a very similar profile in that Mm -hmm. things could go poorly and we could get 40 rushing attempts between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, or the chargers could jump out to a lead. Teddy Bridgewater will throw the ball a lot and he will be susceptible to sacks and turnovers. So Definitely only a tournament play. I would look at the Chargers here. If there's salary left, I like the Eagles at 4,300 against the Giants. The Bucks at 4,200 against the Colts are an option. And then if you really have some disposable salary available, mm-hmm. it's going to take quite a bit to get to the Patriots at 5,000 against the Titans. Probably not a move I'm making, but you know, depending on how the build ends up going, if that money is there, I think the upside is there for that matchup for it to make sense. Yeah, always a bit easier to pay up for defenses on FanDuel. Um, but I think Philly at 4,300 is as high as I'm going to go. Um, you know, been a pretty good defense this season and, you know, Daniel Jones always gives you upside. Well, that's going to do it for this week 12 FanDuel podcast. Head over to draftsharks.com. Now you can get more player recommendations. Kevin English has your cash game picks for FanDuel this weekend. Corey Bushland has your top GPP options. And then you can play around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. For Jared Small and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for some of us.